Before we start the show, I want to tell you about Marketing Against the Grain, hosted by Kip Bodner and Kieran Flanagan, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Hosts and HubSpot CMO and Senior Vice President of Marketing, Kip Bodner and Kieran Flanagan, share their marketing expertise like nobody else, unfiltered and sparing no details. Some recent episodes you should check out include Why Creators Are Disrupting Marketing, Framework Thinking for Success, and half-baked marketing ideas. Kind of interested in that one. If you want to know what's happening right now in marketing, what's on the horizon, and how you can lead the way, listen to Marketing Against the Grain wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Every week on the show, we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products. And the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of that right engine, maybe a little bit in the left engine. We're going to talk about sales and marketing, but not as it relates to actually directly asking for money in exchange for a product. We're going to talk about how you can be yourself on social media and still build a brand. This is going to be especially valuable if you are a leader, if you are the brand, if you're a speaker, if you're a coach, if you're a real estate agent. So I invited Jenna Kutcher on the show today because she's extremely good at this. You might know Jenna as the host of the Gold Digger podcast. She's also got a book out called How Are You Really? But on social media, she is 100% herself, and yet she positions herself as the guide. If you don't exactly know how to talk about yourself and what you do on social media, but being honest with yourself, you would like to have more followers, you're gonna love my conversation with Jenna Kutcher. Here we go. Hey, you've built a brand doing something that pretty much everybody wishes they could do, but they don't believe they can do. Tell me what that is. It's being authentic and not pretending to be authentic, which is also easy to do and think you're being authentic. I've been there raising my hand. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I mean, like really just being yourself uh, online, on social media. You're a wonderful follow on Instagram. I, I love following you on Instagram. And I say that as a man because you're, do you think you're mostly speaking to men or mostly speaking to women? Women, 96%. Yo, I'm in the 4%. And I love that. <laughs> the 4%. But you are extremely authentic and you are not afraid to be yourself. You're not trying to put on airs. You're not trying to position yourself as anything that you're not. You're not trying to uh, look or sound better than you believe you actually are. And yet you come off with authority. I mean, you come off as a mentor and a teacher and, I, I want to get to the heart of this. You know, how has being authentic, I'd like for you to define that word from your perspective too, but I really want to know how it's built your business, Ooh. how it's built your personal brand or positioned you in such a way uh, that's benefited you. Because I, I don't think most people think they can do that. Yeah. To me, authenticity is being in alignment. And what I mean by that is that I think a lot of times we're really resistant to change. And we go through these stages of identity foreclosure where it's like we think we're one thing. So we start showing up in that way and we resist becoming who we're meant to become. And when I think about authenticity, alignment is the word of choice because as we're evolving as human beings, if we're welcoming in that evolvement and really saying like, hey, I'm like a student of life school and I'm going to change and grow and I'm just going to share the process in a way that feels in alignment to me 
That to me is authenticity, which gives us permission to stop resisting change so much, which I think so many of us do. It's like so many of us are walking around being like, who am I really? Or like, what do I even like to do? Or what are the roles that I play? Or who am I outside of work or motherhood or fatherhood or whatever that looks like? And so authenticity to me is something that has become very natural to me. I recently was joking because a group of my college roommates when I was in college dressed up as me for my birthday one year. And we all went out Mm -hmm. and celebrated my birthday and we all wore sweatpants. And today, as I was getting ready for this interview, there was this piece of me that was like, you know, Jenna, you know, Don, you've read his books for decades. Like I have the initial Kindle highlights from your building a story brand in my Kindle still. And I visit them often. And there was this piece of me that was like, you know, maybe you should grab a blazer. Maybe, you (laughs) you know, maybe you need, you need to show, you need to show Don that you're like showing up. And I was like, you know what? Don wants me to come as I am. And I'm going to be more comfortable as I am. Well, I knew I was interviewing you, so I didn't shave and I'm wearing a (laughs) t-shirt. That's what I love. That is what I love. (laughs) And when it comes from a business standpoint, one of the greatest blessings on planet Earth, and I bet you'll agree, especially now with your little one, is Facebook memory reminders or those reminders Hmm. of who you were. And every time one of those pops up to me, it always feels like this just like little God wink of like, whoa, like look at where you were, look at where you are, but also look at how you've been you this entire time. And I feel Mm. like if I were to scroll through my Instagram, even to the past decade, the things that I would find are things that I still talk about today. They might've changed the way or the context that I'm speaking about them, but I've always had this almost no filter approach to showing up because I don't want to go through life thinking I'm just giving people the highlight reel and they don't know the R-E-A-L, like the real version. And so if I expect that from other people, I want to be able to look back and say 10 years ago, that was exactly where I was and who I was. And I've grown and evolved and that's beautiful, but that wasn't a false version of who Jenna is. Yeah. Have you ever felt like uh, you've shared too much? And And let me, let me, preface this, but you know, in the story brand framework, we say position yourself as the guide and not the hero. Yes. And what we mean by that is as the guide, you really are leading a group of people, which means we, we want you to position yourself as somebody who knows more in that specific area. Yep. You know, Hamish needs to know how to win the, the Hunger Games. And, and yes. he knows that because he did it. Yep. And Mary Poppins has to know a thing or two about raising a family and not getting sidetracked by workaholism. And Mr. Miyagi needs to know a thing or two about winning a karate tournament. What they don't need to know is, you know, how to fix a car or because that, that's not what they're an expert expert in. Right. Is there a part of you that feels like, okay, I've got to position myself as somebody who knows how to be comfortable in my own skin? Yeah. You know, what's funny is so I, I am not the kind of person when I leave a conversation that like overthinks things or replays the conversation in my head. Like I'm already on to the next thing. You know, those people where they're like, do you remember when Jan kind of looked at me with the side eye when I said that thing? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't have that. But when it comes to vulnerability hangovers, there are absolutely <laughs> you don't instances. Yes. You know, like 15 minutes after they offend you, you don't turn on your phone. Yes. Like, Can you you're believe like, wait it? a second. What do they mean by that? <laughs> no, my brain's already on to the next thing. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things that's changed, and I'm curious too, Don, if it's changed for you, is in being a parent, I've had to be very thoughtful with mm. the way that I am showcasing motherhood. And this is twofold for me. So, 
in our quest to become parents, we had two miscarriages that I was very open about. I just Mm. felt like there was like, God said, there's a reason, you know, that I can take from this. And I don't know what that is, but I think in sharing it, I can help other people feel less alone. And so the first time we went through our loss, I was like, I need to just, I need to make this life mean something. And I need to make this horrific experience, you know, help other people. And I felt like looking back now, there's that difference between like teaching from a wound and a scar. Hmm. And I was showing Hmm. up in the wound stage. Like I was like, you know, bleeding out and like really showing up because I just felt like called to like give this a meaning. Then we went through a second miscarriage a year later and I was just straight up angry. And I was like, you know what, God, like this was supposed to be your redemption song. This was supposed to be like the reason why we went through this. And I was really angry, but I still showed up with that. But once I became a mom to Earthside babies, my perspective shifted a lot in how I want to share things and what true authenticity looks like as a mom while also protecting my children's privacy and their integrity to tell their own story someday. And I think it can get really tricky and convoluted when you're like a public figure and being a mom is like the greatest role in my life. Like it's the thing that I want people to know about the most. But I also feel this this desire to really share just my side of the story, share enough to connect with people, but really think about what is going on in my family? How do I protect this? Here's an example. So my daughter is three and a half, just started sleeping in a big girl bed, hasn't been sleeping all that great. I've been spending a lot of nights snuggled up in her toddler bed with her. (laughs) I'm exhausted. She's exhausted. Now I can share pieces of that without throwing her under the bus or making her feel uncomfortable someday or saying, oh, motherhood, it's such a drag. And so the way that I've done that is, you know, sharing like, hey, last night I spent an hour teaching Coco how to breathe, just telling her to smell the roses and blow out the candles for an hour straight while we did breath work together. And, you know, mom's tired today, but the blessing in doing both is that I love both so much that it just feels like a lot of love to hold. And so Yes. Authenticity can be a fine line to walk. And I think even finer when you are doing it with people you love, but I think it's absolutely possible. And I think it's part of why I am where I am today. Well, I think also you are somebody who redeems their challenges and redeems their suffering probably as a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, absolutely. That positions you as the guide really, really quick. Yeah. Because you even said it yourself. You said, okay, how can I sort of redeem this, this tragedy, this hard thing? Well, I can immediately just help other people not feel alone. Yeah. So your your ability to say, well, I'm in a lot of pain. Maybe I can help other people feel not alone immediately turns you into the guide because now you've turned it into something that people can model or or people can, you know, not feel alone with. And so that I would I think that's a major point that I would actually we'd probably both want to make is that being a brand, being a leader, positioning yourself as a leader, positioning yourself in that way and being authentic do go hand in hand. And I like this idea of there's things that I don't say. And the reason I don't say them is because they're not helpful to others. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do, I'm curious if you do something like this. Yeah. My daughter, Emmeline, when she grows up, you know, she's probably going to hear from people about what your dad was like. Yeah. And I, I hope that's good. Uh, but I really don't want, I want her to be confused by that. Yes. Does yes. that make sense? I want to be like, yeah, oh, I didn't know he did that. Like that is not remotely his identity <sighs> to me. And one yes. of the things that I do, do you do this? I have 64, I think she's 10 months old. I think I have 64 videos Yeah. that I'll just turn on my phone and like yesterday and say, 
Emmeline, you are at your first ever soccer game, and you are 10 months old. You got earmuffs on. <laughs> but look at you in your mom's arms, and did you know, you're probably thinking we went to a bunch of these and it was our thing, but this is our first. Oh, you know, and just yes. over and over stuff like that because I want to be able to write the narrative with truth. Yes. Rather than, you know, her will be like, I mean, I can literally see my daughter going, my dad was a red-blooded capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and I wanted to say, Emmeline, he was a red-blooded capitalist who loved you and took you to soccer games. Don't forget yes. that. You were first. You yes. know, so I think there's, there's ways that we can write the narrative personally and there's a and there's a public narrative, and it sounds like you found a pretty good rule for delineation. Yeah, it's funny because I do similar to you, Don, but also separate in that I feel like, especially as the working mom and like the breadwinner. So my husband Drew is a stay-at-home parent. I feel like when I first had her, I was like, I totally want to separate work. And motherhood. Like, I never want her to see me looking at my phone. I don't want her to see me cracking my computer. Like, there was something inside of me that was like, I want her to know that my world revolves around her. And it did, you know, in many ways. And as she's gotten older and understands more, it's been so fun to invite her into her level of understanding of what it is I do. And when I was writing my book, I made a rule that like if she ever wanted to come sit next to me, she could come sit next to me while I wrote. And so in my acknowledgments, there's a line that says like, dear Coco, like, thanks for watching baby shark in the corner of my screen 800 times while I was writing each chapter. But I always said, you know, if she wants to just come and be with me while I'm working and if it's appropriate to do that, she can come and sit with me. And so I was actually speaking this last weekend and it was a small group. I knew everyone. It was a comfortable situation. And um, she was in her bathing suit going out to the hotel pool that we were at with her dad. And I'm sitting up front with a microphone and she comes running in in her bathing suit. And she's like, hey, mom, what you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm telling my friends about business. And she's like, cool, can I come sit next to you? Because the rule oh. is she can always sit next to me. And yeah. so sure enough, she comes and sits and she was just quiet and listened. But it's funny because there's a piece of me that I want her to understand what I do, but I also want her to understand it in a way that just makes it feel normal to her. Like that's just what mom does. And I get to be a part of it, which I love. And you're also modeling that. It's one of the things that's huge for me with Emmeline. Yeah. Because I, I want her to realize that starting a business and running a business and also having a family is an option. It's, yes. it's I don't ever want her to think, well, I can't do that because I I'm- I have to a, choose. I have to choose or, yes. you know, those sorts of things. I don't want her to think that. And- <laughs> And uh, if, if you know, I wanted to be able to have all the power and control that she she wants. And I just think it's uh, it's awesome that you are modeling that, not just for, for your kids, but for everybody else. Starting from scratch, taking an idea and turning it into a business. That's what most people think an entrepreneur is. But really being an entrepreneur means doing something totally bone-shaking, soul-stirringly scary because you believe in what's beyond the fear, and that is growth. 
HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a secure CRM platform that actually grows with you. With all the tools and integrations you need for marketing, sales, content management, and customer service, HubSpot is ready to grow with you from a one-person show to IPO and everything in between. Ensure your team of 200 can work just as efficiently as a team of 20 with team permissions, content and asset partitioning, and SSO leverage activity logging so everyone understands exactly how a change to your site was made and knows, if need be, what actions to take to fix it. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. You know, there's one thing that's really clear as I talk to small business owners every week, and that's that they need a plan. They need a plan to follow as they grow their small business. I started my business without a plan and probably, ah, gosh, in the 10 years I've been running a business, I bet I've wasted four of those just chasing down uh, ideas that didn't really help me grow my company. The truth is a plan is actually very, very simple. Uh, There are six frameworks that you need to know. And if you know those six frameworks, you have a plan to grow a small business. You know what you are doing. That's exactly what you get at businessmadesimple.com. You get a plan to optimize revenue and profit. You need email addresses. You need focus on three economic objectives. You need a clear marketing message. You need to invite the customer into a story. That's our sales framework. You need to manage your cash flow so you don't run out. All of that is part of the plan that is available to you at businessmadesimple.com. Plus, I host a live stream. You get access to me every month live. You can actually ask me a question. Join thousands and thousands of business owners just like you who have a plan to optimize revenue and profit. If you join Business Made Simple, you will have a plan too. Go to businessmadesimple.com and get your plan. Optimize revenue and profit, and you will not only survive, you will thrive. Go to businessmadesimple.com. And now back to the show. Back to the authenticity thing. Let's do it. What What are your social media and where do you communicate? Do you have a YouTube channel? I know I follow you on yeah. Instagram. Where all do you communicate? I'm curious. So mostly it's Instagram and then my podcast. And yeah. what's amazing to me is I record my podcast in a closet and not like an actual like like studio closet, like a closet closet, like the closet. Do you do that, that because has of like, space in your home or you do that for some other reason? Just so that I'm in proximity to my kids. So like- it says like random box and stuff. And so recently I found an office near my house that's run by a female entrepreneur and was like, can I use your media meeting room? Because <laughs> I got to look more legit than I am. Um, and so, you know, it's when it comes to authenticity and where the, I'm showing up online, it's really just when it feels appropriate. Let me give your audience a quick tip on this. Yeah. So I never share anything in real time for multiple reasons, but for one big reason. So I am so tired of people documenting so much of their life and then just pushing it out into the world because we live in this culture of like, if you don't share it, it didn't happen. Right. And I always will take the photo or take the video and let it sit for a little bit, let it marinate because social media has become this like echo chamber. And it's also become this place of like show and tell almost like a peer reviewed journal of like. Let me see what people think about what I'm doing. And for me, I have you ever been at like a really nice dinner and you like look across and there's like a couple who could be looking into each other's eyes and yet they're like checking their email or doing something at the table and you're like, what are you doing? And we're so distracted. And so I love to like, if there's a moment that is good enough that I want to take a photo or video of it, 
then it better be good enough to actually enjoy the moment. So take the picture, take the video, put your phone aside. What this allows you to do from a brand standpoint is really ask yourself, who is this serving? Is it serving anyone, my audience? Is it serving my ego? How am I connecting people to this moment or this thing? Like, how am I making it matter to them? And how do I invite people to engage with it? Now, Hmm. these three things are super important. And I'm going to give you an example why, because I used to be a wedding photographer. So before I became a podcaster and a business coach and a speaker and an author, I was a wedding photographer. And I remember back in the day, I would share like my favorite portrait from the wedding and like it would get like no likes. And I'm like, this was epic. Like, why does nobody accept my art? And I feel like so many people are artists out there and they'll post like their avocado toast and they'll get like tons of engagement. And the moment they go to share the thing that they do that they love, it's like crickets. And they're like, I don't get it. Yeah. And the reason why is because a lot of times we're struggling to ask ourselves these questions. Like, how can this matter to somebody else? Why should they care about it? How is it connecting? And how do I want them to engage? How do you make them the hero? How do you make them the hero in the story? Exactly. Exactly. And it was funny because, and actually, I think I got this from you and from your book, but I split tested an Instagram post because I'm a nerd. So I posted this epic photo. I was like, this is going to crush it. Post it crickets. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks. I'm going to try something different. I think I just read your book and I was like, okay, I'm going to like tell the story behind the story. And so it was like this picture of this couple and it was like Adam and Andrea on their wedding day. And it was like, Andrea walked down the aisle in the same dress that her grandmother wore while her grandmother stood in the pew. I saw her wipe a tear, like bringing them into the moment more than just what met the eye. Because we all eat with our eyes first, but we like consume and connect with our hearts. And it was insane because as I told them why they should care about this moment, like the story behind the picture, the post exploded. And I was like, wait, 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 we're doing this with our real lives too. Like when we're sharing something that really matters to us, we're expecting it to matter to other people, but we're not giving them a reason for it to matter. We're not telling the story. That's so good. And I wrote... I wrote the book that inspired that, but I don't do that. I got to start doing that. I don't think about that with social media. Isn't it crazy? And it's like funny because what I realized is like as a wedding photographer, these moments are literally like a millisecond, right? It's just a click of the shutter. And nobody that's not there or doesn't know the couple, they have no reason to care about this beyond it just being pretty. Yeah. There are so many pretty things in our lives these days. So it's like, how do we take the pretty and connect? And that's like, the thing that really shifted things for me. And it first started with me for my clients, but then it shifted to me as a personality and a brand because I was like, wait, like I'm just assuming people are going to care about this, but like they don't care what color my throw pillows are. They don't care about the puppy I'm fostering, or they don't care about this outfit my kids in unless I give them a reason to care. What do you think is some good reasons to care? I mean, I'd like to chase this because I think we're all looking to share our lives and truly, you know, in part be affirmed, in part yep. show off, in part connect in the ways that we do. So our, our motives are always mixed. But what are some things that, you know, if you share if you share a picture of your couch with your new throw pillows, how would you sit there and look at that picture and go, okay, how do I connect this to my audience so that okay, it's ready? a more meaningful position? Yes, please. On the fly. 
I would tell a story about how my husband hates throw pillows and how they always end up on the floor. You would throw your husband under the bus for entertainment value. I totally would for this one because he'll always, every morning on my side of the bed, he'll be like, literally half of your pillows are on the floor. I don't understand. I'm like, but when the bed is made, it looks so pretty. So many women would connect to that because we're out there buying all the throw pillows and our husbands are the ones tossing them on the floor and asking why we need them. And we do. So I would tell something like that, and suddenly you're relating to the throw pillow ah, more than just the it's fabric. It's really about relating. It's really about yes. somebody finding themselves in that moment. Because I'm, you know, Jenna, I'm the kind of guy, aliens could visit me in my backyard. <laughs> we could spend 30 minutes talking about the meaning of the universe. They would share with me what it is. They'd fly off, and I'd realize, Dad, I had my phone on me the whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And then what I would do is I'd take a picture of the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say, aliens just visited. See that little ring? Anyway, anyway, it was really cool. And that's it. I w- <laughs> but you know what? I like I actually really like that and relate to that because one thing that I think is often missed and forgotten, especially when it comes to this area of branding, is that people think that in order to have a true brand, you need to show every aspect of your life. And, you know, people have every resistance to that where they're like, my house is ugly or I don't like putting makeup on or, you know, I don't want to show my children's faces or things like that. And I always love to differentiate the difference between a business and a brand. And there are so many entrepreneurs out there that are running businesses, which is basically just exchanging money or currency for a product or service. But the brand is a personality. And have you ever seen those commercials? It's with Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. And it's like for a refrigerator that you can see through, right? And you're like, how do I suddenly believe that I need a refrigerator that I can see through just because these two people? And I often give that example because we've all seen those commercials and we all remember them, which is rare in today's day and age. But when you look at what Cafe Appliances is really selling, it's selling their connection and their banter and their fun in the kitchen. And they're essentially being hired to be that brand personality. And so when we think about how many people are running businesses, which is just showing the product and trying to sell it versus giving a personality to the products and the process, we're missing so many opportunities. And part of that is, is that I think we live in this culture where it's like people want to show up with the end product. It's like, ta-da, look at what I did. Look at what I've done. But if you don't give meaning to like the process, if you don't let people into the behind the scenes, if you don't even tell people you're passionate about a thing and then you go to launch the thing, you're just going to be met with market confusion and people that don't care. They care more about your toast than they care about your passion. And so I want to invite people to let like kind of peel back the curtain and say, you know, how can I share why I'm passionate about this thing or curious about this thing? How can I let people into the process of it? How can I invite people to understand how I'm learning or how I'm a student? And I think we're all afraid to do that now because we're waiting to show up perfect and polished and curated. And we're missing this chance to really connect with people and honestly just serve as these nudges, these little gentle reminders of like, here I am. Here's this thing I'm curious about. Here I am working on it. Yeah. And so I see so many social media accounts where people are showing up just assuming that they're only speaking to people who are already aware of their brand, who already know they need the product and who are ready to purchase. And we're missing all the opportunities to kind of let them warm up to the idea, understand the what and the how. And how you built it and how you felt while you were building it and the insecurities you might have had about building it and the feedback that you would ask for. Yes. You know, the other thing, I want to tell you a little story and I, and I want to get your perspective on it. And, and 
I I think I've told the story two or three times since it happened, yeah. and only in the the most private of privates. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna practice what we're what about you're to preaching. get an exclusive dawn drop, friends. I did a thing. I did a thing close to ten years ago. Well, probably seven years ago. And pretty quickly in the few weeks after that I did it, I thought you might have made a critical mistake. I um I wrote a blog thinking nobody would read it on why I hadn't attended church in like uh you know six or seven years. And that, you yeah. know, I, I used to write Christian memoirs. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. I used to do that. Yep. And one Sunday morning I just realized I didn't really want to go. And there were a bunch of reasons. One of the reasons was because you know, because I had had a memoir take off, everybody wanted to have coffee and I'm a people pleaser. Mm. So the best mm-hmm. way to not have coffee was just not to go to the place where they <laughs> ask you to have coffee. And so, you know, that was part of it. The other part of it was my mind had evolved to some degree where my idea of truth was if you know it's true and it's scientifically provable, say it's true. But if you don't know that it's true and you just want it to be true or you think it's true, we need to admit that and say, you know, I really hope it's true that this. Yeah. And so every time I'd go to church, I'd be like, you guys are saying things that are true. As absolutes. Yeah, as absolutes. Mm -hmm. You don't actually know that this this is true. And it's jacking with my sense of respect for the idea of truth. And that got into my brain. I couldn't really get it out. Now, now I'm somebody who prays to Jesus. Almost nothing has changed for me theologically. I'm just willing to say we could be wrong. And I would never, ever, ever in a million years sign some sort of doctrinal statement that says, here's what we believe, because as soon as you do, you're not open to finding out that you were wrong. Yes. So to me, it's like, no, you're, that's a bad journey because you have a high respect for your own understanding of truth and a low respect for <laughs> actual truth. Anyway, I wrote these blogs and I just got lit up. I mean, I got what's called a narcissist. I had pastors come after me. You know, I'll never buy your books again, blah, blah, blah. So I wrote another blog and said, hey, let me clarify what I'm think, what I'm saying, but I didn't give in. About four months later, I'm, I'm curious if you've ever had this experience. I realized that might have been the best move I've ever made because now people know exactly who I am. I do not have to show up as a false person. Yeah. I do not. I, I, I need to show up as a friendly person yeah. and a kind person because if you're not friendly and kind, people are going to kick you out for other reasons because you're a threat. You're a jerk. But I, I could show up and say, yeah, you know, that's where I'm at. And tell me about what you're doing. And, but we, we've got to be able to bring our whole selves and yet somehow like each other Absolutely. and respect each other in our differences. And I now have that life. Have you experienced anything like that in the business community? And, you know, how have you experienced that where you walk into the room and you just go, I don't got to put on any airs at all. <laughs> this I is mean, who I am. I do it all the time. And it's funny Isn't to me. Isn't it wonderful? It's very wonderful. One thing that I've realized is that this idea of being vulnerable sometimes can almost be this attempt to like air out what you're worried yeah. <laughs> about people calling you out on. Oh, that's interesting. Like like preempting the yes, preempting so, that yes, I've robbed a few banks and I feel bad <laughs> how about did you it. Know? You know that guy, that idea. <laughs> uh, now on the business side of things, there's been a lot of times where I've been really fortunate to be invited to different things like masterminds or group meetups or things where I'm the only woman of the group. So it's me at a table of men. And um, there was one event that we did in Fiji where I was invited, you got to come. And I was like, I have a nine month old. Like I, I, I'm just not willing to, like, I'm really gracious for this invitation, but I believe everything will come back around if it's meant to. And they were like, bring her with. I was like, for real? You can, I can bring her with? They were like, yeah, totally. Just bring her with. 
And I've been able to really take this notion of like work-life balance and really figure out what integration looks like in a beautiful way. But when it comes to like just showing up as you are, like people know now, and I'm very upfront with it. Like if you invite me to something that's going to take me away from my family, my family's probably going to come with, and they're not just going to come with, I want them to be a part of this. What can that look like in a, in a context that makes sense? Cause I'm very, you know, appropriate with it, but it's like, we're kind of a package deal right now in this season right, of right, life. Right. Yeah. And it's been really beautiful because unconsciously there are a lot of women watching and a lot of women that have been told, you know, pump the brakes and, you know, you can maybe hit the gas in like five to 10 years when your kids are grown up. And I really think that we are on the cusp of this massive cultural change, specifically for women who are desiring entrepreneurship. I mean, the great resignation tells us that like one in four or one in three women are either looking to leave their job or looking to just quit altogether and not find another career path because of the burden of carrying all of the roles. And so I unapologetically do it, but I do it in a way that allows for someone to decline the, the invitation to bring everyone along. But it also reminds them that, hey, you can do this too. Like it's okay to mix these things. And in fact, I think it's a blessing for everyone to be able to mix them. Yeah. It's a great thing for a role model to do. Yeah. Do you worry about losing followers? Do you worry about whatever unsubscribes or no. you don't care? Let them go because just as I've evolved, so has my follower, whether it's in life or business or anything. And it's a beautiful time in our lives that if something isn't serving you any longer, let it go unapologetically. Um, and so when people let me go or whatever that looks like for them, there are people that are looking for me. And so I would way rather show up and serve people uh, and make a difference in people that are actively engaged than to have a bunch of disengaged people that just scroll past. I love it. Well, the new book is called How Are You Really? It's available now wherever you buy books. Jenna Kutcher, this has been a wonderful conversation. Will you share your Instagram handle? Let's yeah. grow your Instagram following because uh, I think you you model so perfectly how to be yourself and build a brand. Oh Well, Don, thank you for paving the way. I don't know about that. You have been a massive part of my entrepreneurial journey, and I sometimes get called a branding expert, and I laugh at that because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I could attribute a lot of that to Mr. Donald Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's an honor. We've, we've helped a good cause if that's the case. Well, you can find me and follow me at Jenna Kutcher, spelled just like Ashton, not married to him, married to his <laughs> gorgeous cousin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jenna Kutcher is great, isn't she? And um, I hope that today's conversation gave you a little bit more permission to be yourself, that, it, that it's going to cost you to be yourself in the sense that you might lose followers or you might get some pushback or people might socially try to correct you. That is the path through which you build a brand. That is the path through which you build a personal brand. Nobody respects. They may like, but nobody respects somebody who is just trying to please everybody all the time. Uh, it doesn't work. You actually have to say, here's who I am. Uh, I'm going to show up. I'm not going to back off. And uh, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Okay, so let me let me just give you a plan of action. You know, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. Really, this was more Jenna coaching me than me coaching her, if you were paying attention. But these are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action is, is there's several ideas. One of them is what to do with people who unsubscribe or insult you. Your life is going to be a lot easier if you learn to do one thing, turn the other cheek. I mean, love your enemy. 
That's really it. I don't mean love like appreciate them and value them. I mean love like, hey, you know, everybody has a bad day every once in a while and some people are insulting. It, it actually feels so good to say to something, to somebody, I- I'm sorry that you feel that way. Uh, deep respect for you and I wish you well. You have just taken the moral high road and proven yourself psychologically stronger than the person who, who pettily insulted you. If you join into that fight and get down there in the pig slop and wrestle with that pig, you're going to get really dirty. So if you can, before being yourself, if you just say, hey, I'm going to love I'm going to love my quote-unquote enemies or the people who antagonize me. I think you're going to be uh, much better off. What you'll find is what Jen and I talked about, freedom, that you can walk in the room and you're not putting on airs for anybody and you can completely and totally be yourself and you're fine. Okay, there, there, there are a few things that, uh, that Jenna talked about in terms of making a post better, and I thought that would be the heart of our plan of action today. One is when you take that picture, you know, if you're taking a picture, you know, like this weekend, I shared the story that Betsy and I took Emmeline to her first soccer game at the brand new soccer stadium for Nashville Soccer Club. And I took a picture and Emmeline is sitting there in her headphones and it was really cute. And I just said, hey, Emmeline's first soccer game. The three things that Jenna said would make that post better. One is who is this serving and how is it serving them? Those are two questions. Who is this serving? How is it serving them? Let's just say this is serving dads of young infant or toddler children. Okay, well, now I've got that in my mind. And then the, the, the third question was, how do I invite people to engage? And so I would say we make big sacrifices because uh, we love our, our daughter. We went to the soccer game. We only stayed for half of it because she was in the sun. And, and yet we're walking that fine line between creating experiences not shutting down Betsy in my life, and also involving our child in what we do. And so um, we made sacrifices in order to do that, but we're not going to stop our lives. We're going to take her with us. Tell me how you have not stopped your life, even though you've recently had a child. That would have been a much better post than Emmeline is enjoying her first soccer game. Yeah, and by the way, Emmeline gets a lot of likes because she's just so darn cute. But I think it would have been better. I, you know, who is this serving? How is this serving them or how can this serve them? And then how do I invite people to engage? Three fantastic questions as you learn to be yourself on social media. I'll also add this as a plan of action. Jenna doesn't do the thing that heroes do in the sense that you sort of air all your dirty laundry and say, this is how I'm feeling. Jenna posts from a perspective of strength. She, She waits until she has a perspective on what's happening that is helpful to her audience. And that's when she posts and she shares that perspective. So she's fully participating as the guide, even as she is authentic and honest. And uh, as we know, guides get more followers uh, than heroes. And uh, that's another thing that you want to remember. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that plan of action. Hope it helps you on social media. This conversation with Jenna Kutcher definitely helped me. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you next week.